Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello, everyone. I have a great show. Julie and I have a great show for you today. So I want to warn all of you, today's podcast is going to require probably listening to two or three times because we're going to be giving you the real drilled down details that all of you want about the wealth building. So this is about as, uh, I don't know if you want to call it professorial as I will ever become on a podcast, Um, normally it's Julie's role, right? So for today's podcast, these specific notes need to be written down, need to be remembered, because this is, the, this is the exact path that a lot of you can follow to building wealth. This is what uh, Julie and I eventually figured out uh, with the path I'm about to share with you, and I wish I would have known about this when Julie and I started. What we're going to share with you is the path that we learned along the way from talking with other people, from reading a lot of books, from, you know, just to sort of make, we didn't make that many mistakes because Julie and I, it goes back to a Warren Buffett quote. Warren said Americans like to celebrate the guy or gal who lost it all and came back and, you know, lost it all and came back. The sort of the comeback story seems to be the thing that most people like in America. But Warren says he likes to celebrate the person that made it all and never lost it. (laughs) I kind of like that mindset myself. So we've always been very, maybe overly cautious about, our own personal path to building uh, wealth. We always knew when we got married, even when we started our business together, our ultimate goal, and Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Our, our ultimate goal was to get to the point where our money was working for us. We no longer worked for our money. But that little phrase I just gave you, we hadn't conceptualized yet. So that was still that was something that came out years later. But we always shared the vision, Julie and I did. That's, we started buying real estate, actually our first house, when we were still basically in college. And, you know, that was our path. We wanted to make it so that one day we wouldn't have to work for essentially money anymore. The checks coming in would come uh, passively from paid-off rental properties. We designed a plan. We stuck to it mostly. We, you know, ebbed and flowed. Some years were better. Some years were worse. But we did finally accomplish the goal that we set out for ourselves. But I'm going to tell you the path that we chose to accomplish the goal is not the path I would choose today if Julie and I had to do it all over again. Now, some of you are going to be – some of you are starting on this path, and you're doing it as somebody who's you know, in your 20s or maybe you're in your 50s. It doesn't really matter. Everybody wants to get to the same point where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be getting into the weeds – of the specifics, and I'm just going to be giving you information that I'm going to tell you a lot of times just go do your own homework because I'm not going to meander into the realm of being a financial advisor or being an attorney, but we will tell you how to set everything up uh, based on best practices that we researched. So the punchline to this podcast, and maybe tomorrow's, but probably just today's, the punchline is going to be that we ended um, our last Harris Rules book, the one that came out a couple years ago, with essentially what I'm about to present to you, but the new Harris Rules book comes out in June. The old Harris Rules book, for those of you who want to buy it, is no longer for sale on Amazon. The red book is pulled off the market because the publisher of the new book didn't want us to have both books for sale at the same time. 
Um, so we respected their wishes. You want to pre-order the new book because the new book is twice as big, has twice as much content, and I have to say it's probably the the uh, thing in our professional lives that I'm most proud of. Even probably, Julie, selling more than 100 houses our first year that we did back in our early <laughs> 20s. This, that book probably is going to be more significant and ha- have a positive impact on more people than even – well, certainly even that. I mean, that just broke all records that haven't been broke. that you know, no one's beaten that record since. And we did that basically 20 years ago. No one's done that since more than 20 years ago. Yeah, don't think about that, Tim. I know. <laughs> delete, delete, mm-hmm. delete. <laughs> but the book is going to be the thing – I think this green book in particular is the thing that's going to have the most impact on uh, small business owners, on agents. So go to Amazon.com and look for the book that has the green cover, Harris Rules. Amazon still might give you the red cover book. If you you know click around, you'll find the green cover book. The publisher just put it up fairly recently, and that is officially released on June 4th. I think I'm so flipping excited about that. It's going to be awesome. Um, now, the thing I'm really, really excited about, it happens in two weeks. And in two weeks, we have an event that's taking place in our hometown, well, our now hometown, our chosen hometown, of Georgetown, Texas, and we have, we're thrilled to have the event sponsored by Mellow Home and EXP, which means, and write this down, remember I told you you're going to be taking notes from today's podcast, that you can actually go for free, but you have to claim one of the tickets, and you have to do it fast, so here it is, I'm going to tell you what to do, pay attention, text the word EXP event, no spaces, E-X-P-E-V-E-N-T, EXP event, text that word to 31996. You're going to be sending a link uh, to the website. I want you to scan to see who the speakers are. We have some fantastic speakers at this event. We have Chris Heller, the former CEO of Keller Williams. We have Sean Kokoska. We have Brent Gove. We had uh, just a whole host of some of our favorite people in real estate are going to be presenting at this event. The event itself is probably, I mean, we're, we're going to limit the size of it. Um, I think we probably have 20 seats left, 20 tickets left to give away, basically. But if you use the word Harris at checkout, H-A-R-R-I-S, we will give you a ticket for free. Thank you, sponsors. So text the word EXP event to 31996. And at, at checkout, just put in the word Harris. It might have to be all caps, but I don't think it matters. If it does, just test it both ways. And then the ticket is free, and we get to meet you. And that's taking place. On um, in two weeks, so definitely want to attend the event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's so amazing. I, some of you guys are so silly sometimes. You meet Julie and I for the first time. Um, <laughs> Julie and I were in a we 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 spoke at a cruise on a cruise ship. This was a long time ago. Well, you know, six years ago. And so we're on this cruise ship. We got paid to you know be the keynotes for this. Uh, it was a, a group of agents that. We're all specializing in a specific niche of real estate. It doesn't matter. And they wanted us to speak. And they offered to pay for the cruise and the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> Julie and I were getting on an elevator. We turned around, and a mob of the agents uh, that were there saw us because we just arrived and started screaming. And Rochelle, who a lot of you guys know, uh, who's worked for us forever, screams out of the elevator because she was in there with us, Get me a break, people. It's not like they're Brad and Angelina. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the door that. closed. Yeah, but anyway, so it is funny how some you know, you guys will quickly realize when you meet yep. Julie and I we're just like you, because we are. We're just agents. We're just people that maybe have been on the path longer than you have, but we're totally and completely the exact same that you that you hear on this podcast, which is the other thing that's funny when people meet us, they're like, Hold on. 
that's how you really are? Yeah, of course. I mean, can you imagine how much effort it would be to have a fake persona on a podcast, and then in real life you're like, Ugh, I don't know, much completely work. different? It's too much work. We're too lazy for that. So anyway, listen, I don't even know how I went down that rabbit hole. But please do consider coming to the event. So just text the word EXP event to 31996. Julie, I, if, with your permission, I'd like to get to our notes unless you have something yeah, really absolutely. important to talk yep. about. It's all good. All right. Let me find the notes. I resent them about a couple minutes ago, but I can. I know. I saw. Again, I saw. Like. Uh, I'll find them. Okay. I think. No, I don't. Can you resend them? Yes. Hold on. My email's resetting. My email's resetting, so it's taking too long. Oh, I found it. Live I know. This is part three or part four? This is part three. Uh, I just okay, resented got it. it. All right. Yep. I got it. Okay. Now, I'm gonna, I'd like to skip through the preamble, and I'm going to get right to it. Number, step number one. Now, this is going to be something that I'm going to give you guys some details on, but just write all these things down. Step number one is pretty obvious. Now, here's the goal. The goal is for you to have enough money coming in every single month that the money coming in from your passive income is enough to cover all your personal overhead. Now, one of the best ways to make it so that you can accomplish that goal faster is not have ridiculous personal overhead. So one of the first things that Julie and I wrote down in these notes uh, is make sure you get as close to debt-free as possible. Now, I'm going to preface that. Now, some people say good debt, bad debt. Good debt being debt that somebody else pays for. That would be like a tenant. Um, I have a tendency to agree with that, but I just want all of you to know that that's risky because if you have a bunch of rental properties, and then this has happened all the time, like if you had a bunch of rental properties in Detroit or certain other parts of the, uh, you know, California and places like that, and you, the housing crash hits, the properties go vacant, and if there's mortgages on them, you're stuck paying the mortgages. So you got to, when you're building uh, inter- income properties and you're adding, uh, if you're taking on debt or leverage, as investors like to say, to purchase those properties, you're going to have to be very, very careful about what you purchase, but I'm going to get to the details of that in a second. Your goal just getting to point number one, should be debt-free. No credit card debt. Have cars paid off. Get as cheap as you can. And run your overhead as low as you possibly can as far as your, as far as your personal overhead goes. Yes, that means you're going to have to sacrifice. Um, look, I don't have to go too far down the rabbit hole. Like I said, I was going to give you guys a, a brief over, a overview of some of these points and then send you on your way to do your own homework. So here's what I want you to do. I don't know of anybody that does a better job of helping people get out of personal debt than Dave Ramsey. So just go and get some of Dave Ramsey's books. He does a fantastic job. Um, Jesse does. If you have never heard of Dave Ramsey before, he is one of the most practical and tactical uh, folks that I've ever come across with leading agents or leading people in general uh, to the path of essentially being rich. And he's interesting too. Some of you don't know this, but he actually used to sell real estate himself or develop real estate, something like that. So he actually experienced the uh, ups and downs of a boom and bust cycle, and that kind of got him on the path that he's on now. So definitely start with that. Your Step number one, be debt-free. Talk to, you know, go talk to our friend Dave Ramsey or read some of his books about that. I think Dave, I know Dave is a syndicated uh, radio show guy, but I think he also has a great podcast too. All right, now step number two. So step number one is pretty easy. Just do what Dave Ramsey says. Step number two, for savings. Now, this is where a lot of people get into the weeds, but this is really how you go about doing it. So what you do is off the top of every check that you earn, and I don't care how small that check is, 
I want you to save starting with at least 10%. Now, some of you don't have when – you, when you're paying off debt and, you, like, you're trying to decide what order to pay the debt off in, I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit counterintuitive. Don't worry about the interest rate if it's on a credit card or something like that. Pay off the smallest balances first because psychologically it's going to make you feel better as you see you actually moving towards the accomplishment of a goal. It's going to keep you motivated, okay? Now, if you don't have any kind of financial reserves, you should start out by having the goal of 90 days of personal reserves and then move to six months of personal reserves. The way to do that is going to be to save 10% off the top. But what most people do, not just agents, is they only save money when there's a, some sort of liquidity event, meaning when they have it, or you know they fantasize about a big closing or a fantasize about an inheritance or things that really happen so infrequently it doesn't even worth it's not even worth your time to think about them. So the strong suggestion we have, and this is what Julie and I've done forever, is save a certain percent off the top of every cent you earn. If you get a you know American Home Shield warranty commission check for seventy five bucks, yes, save seven dollars and fifty cents. And so physically, here's how you actually do it. This is the easiest way to do it. If you have, you need to have a savings account that you cannot transfer out of. Because if you have a savings account that you can transfer out of that's attached to your checking account, where in other words, if your checking account starts to operate in the red, the bank makes it so that it pulls from your savings account, you're never going to save anything. So do not make it so that it is attached. You want to detach your savings in your checking account. So when you take a check, let's say you get a commission check today for you know, $5,000 or $10,000 or $100,000, doesn't matter. When you take that check to the bank, or however you do it, some of you do it electronically, so you can do the transfers electronically, conceptually it's still the same. Transfer at least 10% uh, off the top into the specific savings account. If you're walking the check into the bank, what I want you to do is fill out a deposit ticket for that, you know, the commission check and put that into your operations account. And then I want you to write another check against that check for 10% of whatever that amount is and then deposit the other check into your savings account. That's the way to go about doing it. And do that every time you have any form of income from any source. And then, yes, it's, at first it's going to be slow. At first, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not making any forward progress. But you are, and it's going to, depending on what your situation is financially, it might take longer than you think, but this is the path forward. Now, as you get your personal overhead down because you've paid off debt, and maybe you start thinking hard about, like, here's another little, if, depending on what your financial situation is, some of you guys really need to have a coming to Jesus session with money. And the best way to do that is before, it's a psychological thing, because most people buy things psychologically. In other words, they buy them emotionally. They don't think before they buy. So start putting a filter in place before you grab your wallet. And here's the filter. Am I buying whatever I'm thinking about buying? because I need it or because I think this product is going to make me feel a certain way. Okay? I want you to consider not reacting to the products that you're purchasing out of emotion. And that right there is going to cut your spending more dramatically than you can possibly imagine. Because most of you are suckered into, seduced into, romanticized into, buying shit you don't need because you think it's going to make you feel a certain way. That's the truth. So when you go to the store today – and you're walking around, you know, wherever you're walking around. First of all, I mean, do you even need to be in the store in the first place? No, you went to the store, the clothing store, let's say, because you wanted to feel a certain way. Because you're trying to elicit emotion. That's the, sedu that's the seduction that you've succumbed to. When you walk into Starbucks, 
And we use Starbucks as an example all the time because it's almost become like, you know, for people it's a lifestyle thing, right? And so when you're a Starbucks customer and you're walking around with that, you know, weird little green logo on your coffee cup and all of that, aren't you sort of signaling to the world you're part of a certain class of people? You are. They've actually seduced you into believing that when you buy coffee from Starbucks, that you're part of the Starbucks club. You're part of the middle class or the upper middle class. You share a certain set of values. You, you see, it's all a head game. They've got you convinced that you are part of their clan once you basically buy their $5 cup of coffee. So you are buying coffee, for example, from Starbucks, a lot of you, unconsciously, because you're trying to signal to the world that you're part of a specific group, because you want to belong to that group. Because you, you see, guys, it's not about the damn coffee, is my point. The coffee itself costs Starbucks like a nickel. All the rest of it goes to basically the fact that they've seduced you into believing that you're going to have some kind of emotional response to buying whatever product it is. I'm not saying buying stuff in general is a bad thing. Like Julie buys Louis Vuitton purses, okay? I get them for her birthday, and she gets them for da 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 Okay, up, it's, they're stupid expensive for what they are. I mean, how much does a Louis Vuitton purse cost to make? Nothing. But Julie likes it because Julie is part French. Julie has a lot of attachments to the history of Louis Vuitton. She has a lot of interest in the design. She likes the way they look. But also when you look at Louis Vuitton ads, they show these young, beautiful, carefree women you know, climbing up the Eiffel Tower and throwing croissants off the top. I don't know. You guys get the point? So she is buying into Louis Vuitton because the brand has seduced her into thinking that when she carries a Louis Vuitton purse, that that is going to have people look at her in a certain way because that's the branding that they've done to try to sort of you know romanticize people into spending that much money for a purse. Julie, I think you can agree with that without I didn't insult no, you. Certainly, absolutely. you know this is true. No. Yeah. No. No, but I think that you do it consciously. Yeah, well, it's different, you know. I think that. I, I do it as little, you know, rewards to myself, Tatsky. birthdays or getting a section of the book done or what have you. Yeah. So I do it consciously. You have things like that as well. I think what you're sure. talking about is more of a day-to-day, uh, almost like an emotional fix that people get by doing things, by, you know, literally trying to refill their emotional cup with a cup of coffee versus filling their emotion, their uh, psychological brain with something that might be more nourishing. Not that coffee's bad. We're just using that as something that's, that everybody can relate to. But you have to go about this consciously and really think and be introspective about those purchases that you do and whether they're going to be um, something that has any kind of long-term benefit to you. And look at your budget. I think what you said is becoming or finding some financial sobriety in a way and a, a, or you said a financial coming to Jesus session. It's one of the things that is most avoided in business, in coaching. You know, I wish that when you got your real estate license, they put you through some financial planning. I'll never forget, you know, back when you had to actually, you know, turn up to a classroom to get licensed. You and I were originally getting our licenses, and we had a break. We were at the uh, at the Coke machine, and this, this gal was just, you know, in front of me in line, and she's like, well, I'm out of here. And somebody said, what? You know, I thought you were, you were about done with us. She goes, yep, just found out it's commission only. Didn't know about that. <laughs> Watch out the door. <laughs> she, she, know, like, she had no real estate agents or commission only. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. This is like a shock to her. So, but, you know, starting with that and, and digging a lot deeper, I think that just the, the concept of saving 10% alone, just to, to get the train back on the tracks and reel it back into that, because if you can't do that, the concept of building wealth – 
is not going to be something that you'll ever really deal with, right? You have to well, at least, to- you know, yes, get debt free, but then the 10%. And I was going to ask you, do you know, I can't identify, well, maybe two or three ever in our coaching careers uh, that have ever saved a significant amount of money any other way besides this, save 10% off of every single check, no matter how small. I, I can think of maybe three from- clients that inherited it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I have a couple of personal clients that came to real estate with millions and millions of dollars from well, other from careers. From somewhere else, though. Yeah, yeah from somewhere else. But for the most part, no. This the the pat look, guys. What we're giving you is the real truth about how you move forward. Stop looking for home runs. I mean, life is about a series of base hits. Life is about shit most days, just getting out of the dugout, right? But that's the way to think about it. And so, what what if you look at sa- um, saving money? If you look at building wealth as just a series of base hits, it's like Moneyball for those of you who read the book or seen the movie. Your goal is just to get out of the dugout and try to get on base every single day. If one day, it, you know, if you have three days of just getting out of the dugout, that's not bad. At least you got out of the dugout. So everything you everything that you want the most in this in particular, wealth building to the point where you're rich, where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. It's going to take longer and going to require more discipline than you think. And here's another thing that a lot of you guys deal with. You deal with the seduction that comes from the idea that you have to buy leads or build a team or have a fancy CRM or have a fancy website. And all of those people sell that shit to you on the idea that people are going to see you in an inferior way unless you buy their a specific product. They sell you on the idea that you need all these expensive, you know, like a website, for example. Agent websites, guys, are an enormous, huge waste of energy, time, and money. Don't believe me? There's an actual NAR study that proved that the average agent gets a total of zero leads ever from their agent websites. And yet, some of the comp- I know companies, personally owners of these companies, that are making tens of millions of dollars per year building sites for agents and then charging a monthly fees to maintain them, even though the agent sites never get any business whatsoever. Why? Because you guys have been seduced into believing you're supposed to have a website. You believe it. Isn't that crazy? And there's so many other things that are just like that. Because what they've done is they've manipulated you through your ego into getting you to buy stuff that you don't actually need. That's it. But that's not so different than the ways that you spend money otherwise as well. So I want you to seriously put the filter in place. And the filter is very simple. Am I buying this because I'm trying to feel a certain way, or am I buying this because I actually need it? Okay? When you start putting that in the, play, in the way of every decision you ever make when you're reaching for your wallet, you're going to quickly decide that 90% of your sp- spending is emotionally based and your subconscious mind is trying to get you, as Julie said, to look for a way to, you know, uh, a feel emotionally filled, as she said, with regards to the cup of coffee. That was a good analogy. Now, um, now that's the number one thing. Make sure you start squirreling away a certain percent of money every single uh, month off every single check. Now, next step, never, and this is all part of uh, stage two, never be behind in your taxes. 20% minimum from every check goes into a tax account. And again, it needs to be like a savings account that you can't transfer out of. Use operations account to pay your bills and make sure you're running a profit-driven business. So this is the thing that really gets people screwed up too. How many of you right now have zero savings or basically almost no savings? The reason you have no savings is because you're saving last. So here's a little epiphany for all of you, a little aha moment. Nobody wants you to be rich. The government doesn't want you to be rich. The, your family doesn't want you to be rich. 
your broker doesn't want you to be rich. And long story short, here's another great book. Uh, is it Can't Hurt Me or You Can't Hurt Me? Can you Google that real quick, Julie? Sure. Yep. Okay. So here's two books. We mentioned this book the other day. I finished it up over the weekend. Um, you Can't Hurt Me, I think is the name of it. That's one. And then I want you to read uh, this other one. Can't Hurt Me, called- Measure Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. Okay, Can't Hurt Me. There you go. It's on Amazon. And the other one I want you to read is Profits Aren't Everything. They're the only thing. Get those two books. So you will not have profit unless you take your profit off the top. That's the reason that we want you to pay yourself first. If you do not pay yourself first, I promise you that you will never save any money. You will never build any net worth. I'm going to say that again because it's so critically important. Pay yourself before you pay your mortgage payment. Before you pay your taxes, before you pay your credit card, before you tie the church, before you do anything else, pay yourself first. Otherwise, you will not get paid because everybody else will take your money. Stop being a fool thinking that you're going to have some sort of big closing or big liquidity event that's going to create an opportunity for you to save and finally catch up for all your financial misdeeds. It never happens. And if it does, it's a blessing, but it so rarely happens that it's not even worth thinking about. Are you clear? You have to pay yourself first. Otherwise, you're going to find, and we get these coaching calls quite often, you've been in the business 10 or 20 years, you've sold billions of houses, you've earned billions of money or billions of dollars, but you have no money saved. It's because you paid yourself last, and when you pay yourself last, how many hands are in the way? And why do I say that nobody else wants you to be rich? Because they don't. Nobody wants you to be rich. The government does not want you to be rich because if you're rich, you're no chance you're going to be dependent on the government. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Your broker doesn't want you to be rich because if you become rich, well, certain brokers do, I suppose, but for the most part, you will not necessarily have to be uh, you know, a slave, a debt slave anymore. And once you're not a debt slave anymore, the selling of real estate, you, he doesn't or she doesn't, you, you don't have that same omnipresent monkey on your back to maybe go out and perform because then what you do is you sell real estate and the money you make from selling real estate can go to adding more assets. But that's phase five, which we're going to talk to you probably about tomorrow. Your family, your friends, your kids probably want you to be rich so you can spend more money on them. I'll give you that. But for the most part, everybody else doesn't want you to change financially. Because if you change financially, if you change physically, if you change spiritually, if you change mentally, if you change because you're trying to improve yourself, you're going to make them feel uncomfortable about themselves. They won't tell you that, but they'll act in such a way that will not be encouraging to you to build wealth. And oftentimes that lack of encouragement is, um, you know, most it, it comes from your, the people who are closest to you. You will find in some cases you're going to decide that you want to increase the, you know, financial fortitude of your family. But your spouse is in conflict with it because they're threatened by the idea that they're, they're, there's going to be changes, even if it means there's going to be more abundance. So you need to be consciously aware that some of the strongest headwinds are going to come from the people closest to you. In that particular case, you're going to need to do real goal planning. And the way to do that is have them fill out the real estate treasure map along with you. And remember, we give you the real estate treasure map for free when you text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. People ask Julie and I often, 
How is it that you guys have been married for almost 30 years and have always worked together? Well, first of all, it's never been, you know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, but that's the nature of life. That's the true answer. But the real answer is because Julie and I have always written down our goals and shared our goals together. We've always been marching in the same direction. And if you have a family and you want to make sure that they're going to be supportive of your goals, you need to make sure everyone's marching in the same direction. One of the things that Julie and I do now with Zoe She's been to Disney World once, but we'll basically say when Mommy and Daddy and Zoe accomplish these specific goals, and, you know, they're all realistic goals, that we'll go to Disney World. And then that keeps everybody on the family on track. You could do the same thing. I mean, maybe you're selling real estate, and you know, and you feel guilty because you're not spending as much time with your uh, kids or whatever. And let's say your goal is to sell 12 houses or 15 houses. Put a little checkmark thing on your refrigerator, and every time you sell a house, you check it off. And then once 15 houses are sold or whatever the goal is, every, you know, you're going to take the family to Disney World. Everybody can see that you're working towards that particular goal, and they're going to encourage you to work towards that particular goal. Talk about external accountability, folks. I just gave it to you. That's the way to do it. So, look, we obviously didn't get through all of our points, so we're going to pick up where we left off tomorrow, and we are going to become – we're going to roll into – Okay, good. We're going to roll into the last two points tomorrow. We should be able to get through these. So please make sure you're taking down notes. Read the books that I suggested to you that you read. And get your mind wrapped around the fact that you can be rich. I realize you don't know anybody that is. I realize that you're conflicted with the word rich. I realize that you might live in a part of the country where you're supposed to feel guilty if you have more than other people. I realize that you might live in a part of the country where you are rich already, but you feel poor compared to your neighbors. All these different, all this head junk. I'm giving you a very clear goal. Your goal is to make it so that you have enough money passively coming in that covers all your personal overhead. That's your goal. That is being rich. Some of you can do it at $5,000 a month. Some of you are going to, you know, some of you can do it for $3,500 a month. Some of you are it's going to take 20,000 a month. I had a coaching client that spent on average on her personal family $118,000 a month. That was her average personal, okay, whatever your number is, know what your number is, and then we're going to walk you through how to go about figuring out how to create enough money that comes in passively. does not come from your real estate business. It does not come from anything that requires the sweat of your brow. It just comes passively. That's rich, where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. That's as simple as plain spoken and direct and you know, practical and tactical of a way of explaining what wealth is. Because look, how would you feel if when you woke up this morning, you knew for a fact that you had enough money coming in that particular month, and the month after, and the month after, and the month after, and then forward, 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 so that you never have to worry about money again? Chances are, and this is, this is what happens, you wouldn't just become a big lazy sloth. You'd be excited to go out and actually sell real estate because with the money you made from selling real estate, maybe you add to your wealth accumulation and you increase your monthly overhead, or maybe you don't. Maybe you go buy the car or the boat that you've always wanted. Maybe you go and decide that you're going to take your kids to, you know, who knows where. You guys get the point? That's when you can start actually living this next level life. But the first step is to make it so that you're financially free. And the way to do that is step number one, make it so you have enough money coming in from your passive income or you have enough money coming in passively from, you know, things that are creating income for you that you no longer have to worry about satisfying your own personal debt service and, you know, paying the water bill and all that. That shit is done. Now we get to talk about more fun things. You guys get it? That's the goal. So make sure you read those two books I told you. If you want to come to the event, it's free. Just text the word 
uh, EXP event to 31996. And obviously, a lot of you are going to want the uh, real estate treasure map book. That's something that I would strongly suggest you fill that out with your family. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to the same number, which is 31996. If you guys need me for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show manana. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.